I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help the podcast. Hey, welcome to This Might Help, uh, the comedy advice podcast that you shouldn't take seriously, but it might help. I say this every time. If you do need clinical help, get it. This ain't it. But if it helps, great. It's kind of like someone at a party handing you a drug that's not going to kill you, but hey, it might help. That's a weird analogy. Um, I'm glad that you guys have been listening and telling your friends about this. Um, I have a lot of tour dates coming up. I have 25 cities I'm hitting before the end of the year. Um, the only one that's sold out right now is Chicago, and there's a second show being added. So uh, I don't know the date off the top of my head because I'm fried. I've been in the sun all day. Uh, but uh, go to mattbronger.com slash tour. See if I'm coming to you. Uh, so that said, BS aside, I have a guest who uh, I'm going to make feel very uncomfortable right now because he's very talented in an almost uh, extraterrestrial way. Anytime I see him make stuff and he puts it online, I always say, why don't you have your own TV show like an asshole who doesn't know anything about the business? And I know it must be annoying because I've done it at least four or five times, but he's also an incredibly kind man and uh, uh, perfect for the show to dole out some advice based on his life's foibles and successes. So please welcome, I'm going to try to get this right, Demi Adijugibi. Adijuwebay. Adijuwebay. I'm so sorry. It's all right. I, you got it. I, I, I will say I do, I, my whole life people have been mispronouncing my name, but it's, it's, a little more plain than yours, but it's just because they don't know. People tend to switch the G and the N always for me. So it's always like Brogner is what I'll get. Uh, yeah. But I always, um, it's a, it's a fun little moment when you get to correct someone just in public, just like, Oh, it's this actually. And like, they're like, Oh God, I'm so, I'm like, it really, I don't care. Sure. Yeah. 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 I've, I've never once been offended. Uh, yeah. You know, even when, I mean, the only time growing up, I knew, I wonder if you did this too, where you always knew it was a telemarketer mm, where they would yeah. ask for your mother or your father and try to say your last name and just, oh yeah, it. And I still, like, oh, that still happens. I'm just like, I'll let them go. I'll just be like, uh, yeah, that's me. And then I'll just be like, what are they trying to get at? And then, yes. I'll, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've never once corrected, this is awful, but I've never once corrected a, a telemarketer when I was a kid, but the only time I ever did was when the a woman said, yes, can I speak to Mr. Bra? And then said the N-word. And I was like, oh, God. that's not our name. Please. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I was like, I'm going to say exactly how to say it. Because she didn't know, you know, it wasn't <laughs> right an intentional thing. But I was like, no, no, I, I, I can't let that stand. Um, <laughs> She's going to call back a few times. Just like, I, I'm going to try again. And just says the exact same thing. You're like, okay, you're not trying. <laughs> Ma'am, <laughs> this isn't, you're failing. Um, So... The thing is, I mean, I know you, but I don't know a ton about you. I mean, I know I'm mysterious. You're mysterious. I know some of your musical inclinations and 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 fandoms, like what you're into. You and I, I think, are into a lot of the same uh, types of of tunes. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, why don't you ex you talk about your podcast for just a second, if you want to give a little quick synopsis of that, because it's such a cool idea. Yeah, sure. Uh, it, it was called Punch Up the Jam, and basically, it was uh, the idea was. Uh, we talked about popular songs and then just sort of went, it was just like dissecting a popular song and going like, what's quote unquote wrong with it, but really just sort of uh, taking it from a comedy angle and then going like, oh, we fixed it at the end, but just, it was really uh, rewriting the song um, <laughs> to be more comedic, just in whatever way we had found uh, to do it. And it was just a, a real, a real fun exercise in just making parody music, but under the guise of we are punching it up. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you, you have this, you have this talent where you can write songs like people and sound like those people. You know, like you did the the, the Will Smith as Aladdin song, which yeah. I was like, that's. If I just heard that, I'd be like, oh wait, he was Aladdin, and he did this song, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, it not only was in the perfect style of him, but it sounded like him, and I Thank think. You. That takes, you have, it's funny, you have you have comedic 
uh, uh, mimicry, which I think is often the truest. Um, but then you have, there's so much artistic mimicry. I will say this often from white artists where it's kind of like, like I would say Janis Joplin, you know, grew mm-hmm. up doing impression and basically in her family, an impression of like a, a, a black female blues singer and then right. just kept singing like, that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's an impression, you know, it's like I, uh, uh, Mick Jagger had his American accent and singing like a blues man and stuff. And I'm, I'm not bringing this up to be like co-opting and stuff, but sure, those, yeah. those are the ones that they, they people take so seriously. Like mm-hmm. I remember being, when I was a waiter in Chicago, there was this well, woman I waited tables with and she was fine, but she would occasionally just say something that would just make me just like, no, what? Like she at one point was like, oh, I love gay men. And I'm like, well, I mean, you can support them, but you can't, what? Just yeah, what does that mean? Like I've known... <laughs> I've known gay people that are assholes. You know, it's not <laughs> just lumping them all. It's like, no, you're yeah. about a certain kind of this man. So this person also at one point said, have you ever listened to Janice when she's being Janice, though? And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Man. Yeah, I don't. This, what does that mean? This, yeah, I, that is a long way of getting around to. I don't I think you have a lot of love for music, but you probably don't have the same worshipful reverence for it that some might. Would that be I feel like I I always try to describe those things that I do as like a very uh it, it's like a yeah it's definitely reverent but in a critical sense because sometimes I make these things people are like oh you're really making fun of this artist and I'm like no I'm I'm doing this because I, I I it feels like I've studied this person I've listened to the work so much that I'm like here's my take on their thing but yeah. it sounds like I'm like uh being critical of them and I, I think it's more like a uh, a loving criticism because it's never me just going this sucks it's like just sort of going here are the patterns that this thing has and like highlighting them but in a way that's making it clear that i love this person or this work so much because i've listened to so much of it that i can sort of highlight these patterns and do mimicry of it but it's mm-hmm. uh yeah i i definitely do think i don't really i don't uh i'm not I'm not doing these things and uh, sort of just being like, these are infallible. These are untouchable pieces of work that you can't. I'm just like, hey, I really like them. Uh, if someone were to be like, I hate them, I'd be like, yeah, that's okay. I don't, it's not a yeah. personal thing to me. I don't know. No, I mean, I, I really respect any artist on any level who, who admits they've had the moment that I think, that I know I've had. Mm. I don't know if you've had it, where you're like, there are moments where you're like, I can't believe I'm getting away with this. Like, I've, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm paying rent. I own a car, you know, like wait, yeah. this isn't, you know, which is, you know, stupid thinking anyway, but it's also like, if that doesn't occur, I feel like every art, no matter who it is, is like, yeah, you know, it's care, like Cary Grant being like, everybody wants to be Cary Grant. Hell, I want to be Cary Grant. Like, who is that guy? You know, it's this kind of thing of, of like, I'm, I'm really not that special. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that all the time. And I'm just sort of like, Oh God, at some point I got to, get a real job and then it's like what do you mean what are you what are you no, doing <laughs> it's just you are doing your job absolutely I don't know about that yeah. but thank yeah. you I'm, not to not to assume a position of authority in your life but i, I i'm sorry you are uh, <laughs> next um and i i have to bring up your how did that impromptu uh see like like election declaration oh. party happen because that's in my that happened in my neighborhood I was in New Orleans at the time. My wife and I had lost our minds and driven across the country and we're on our way back with our yeah. six old daughter. And it was great to be in this semi-blue bubble where you had people, it, you know, it was obviously a celebration because it's New Orleans, but also it's COVID. So yeah. it wasn't, you know, we weren't in any bars, but we definitely had a bottle of champagne for lunch out, outside, <laughs> you know, and like, but we were like looking at videos and I was like, oh my God, that's Demi. And he's on top of a car at the uh, the gas station at the corner of, of Hillhurst and Los Feliz. And like, I live really pretty close. So do I. So sure I did. I moved yeah. since then. But yeah, I, mm-hmm. that was such a wild, it was impromptu. But like, so what happened is I, I woke up that morning and just heard bagpipes and cheers from the street and was just like, what happened? And then, like, I went out to the balcony and I was like, oh, my God, they did it. I was like, there's nothing else. I didn't have any confirmation. I was like, there's nothing else that it could have been. I was just like, I just knew Trump had lost. And, that, yeah, I saw a guy in the corner playing a bagpipe and people, like, driving by and honking and clapping uh, for the guy. And then I joined him by going downstairs. I just put on, like, a bathrobe and grabbed my melodica and went downstairs to play along with him. 
And then uh, I texted my friend Addie, who lived at the corner uh, or yes. lived essentially diagonally on the corner for me. Yeah. And it was just like, we're celebrating. Come out. And she's like, I'm on the way. And then uh, it's very funny. Paul Shear drives up and we're both yep. like, Paul. And he's like, you guys got to get down to Hillhurst and uh, what's this? Hillhurst and Los Feliz. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of people just crowded over there. And we were like, yeah, OK, let's go. And then I like went upstairs and threw on a shirt and met Addie down there. And she was like, I couldn't find a place to park. So I just drove into the gas station and we're just yeah. standing in the crowd. And at some point she's like, we got to get on top of this car. And then we do. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like we're cheering from on top of the car and then someone randomly shows up with a speaker. It just felt like a like a weird like a party you'd see in a Pepsi commercial of some sort where it's just like hey, now it's a block party. And then we just yeah. started playing music and everyone it just became a party. And we were there for like eight hours. Oh, my God. It was That's incredible. It, it really was it just, like people started ordering pizza and passing it out to everyone. People had uh, kept bringing us bottles of champagne. And I was like. This is so indulgent, so yeah. uh, nice. But I just was like, oh, my God, I got to get home at some point. And then the next two weeks, just like, oh, God, did I get COVID? Did I give anyone COVID? And it's like everyone oh, was very right. good about having masks and sure. like just like being sure. respectful. But it was still just like, I don't know, it was a lot of celebration. I don't know. But it was like, no, we were all fine. And we were all like doing it well. It was just sort of. Yeah. Just stressful. Anyway. Yeah, that, that was, was that that was our big regret was seeing that and being like, ah, oh, I kind of wanted to be back in the neighborhood because like our, you know, we live in a cul-de-sac and we all yeah. know each other and everybody's a parent. And like the, the, the Meg who lives across the street was, was saying, she was like, I just was on my porch having a cup of coffee and I just, just cheers started erupting from every house. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, that, that alone, I, I would have loved to just hear, you know, yeah. I mean, we were in the hotel room when they called it, and I was just like, I did. I was like, I don't know how to react, man. Like, it almost feels like a, like a, like a, like a juke, you know? Like someone's fooling me. Like this yeah. is just like, you know. But it was once we got outside, and we were like, oh, and there were people that were. It was interesting. Either cheering and high fiving and drinking in the street and hugging, or just stone faced and walking. You know, like they had to get someplace, but you yeah. could just see the ones who. All right. We kept thinking, uh, oh, this is going to be a bummer when someone comes by and she's like not into it. And it felt like every single car was supportive. You could even just yeah. see people like like he was like, ah, oh, just being like, I got to get somewhere. But oh, I'm I'm really just happy to see people or like they'd honk along or like just wave. It was just universal happiness. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was even waiting for like a cop or like the gas station people to be like, hey, stop. But like I went to go get water at one point and the guy just kept smiling. And was like, here you go, man. And I was just like, OK, you guys are loving this. That's yeah. great. It was special nice. dispensation. I mean, I feel like even if a cop showed up, he'd be like a village people cop. He'd yeah, he just start. Yeah, exactly. He does a backup. Know? We're like, whoa, <laughs> exactly. So um, let me ask. I always ask people on the show. First of all, I should say I, I don't know why I, I do this show. It's just fun. I don't generally get asked advice except from like, you know, up and coming comedians sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, how do you it, get in how do you start to make a living and it's like you just do it until you drop i don't know what to tell you you know there's no just like with any art you know yeah. but um i always ask like do you get asked advice and i was interested to ask you that because you're so multifaceted do you know what i mean yeah so. uh i i get a lot of people reaching out to just be like hey is there any chance i could like pick your brain on how to get into writing and whatnot hmm. And I always feel weird about that just because I, I feel like I'm still a person who needs help in that arena. But also I'm always just like, I don't know what advice to give you. I feel like I got lucky, but also had a lot of things like not provided for me, but sort of was like, I, I grew up with enough like privilege to be like, well, I'm not working right now so I can work on these other things or like just mm. getting to basically have like the time or like, uh, the, the, uh, mostly time is a privilege to just sort of like, yeah. not have to focus on certain things and therefore being able to fuck around in ways that people were like, Oh, that's, that's comedy. And then I just sort of like yeah. nurtured it in a way. And then I was like, I guess I should focus on writing. And, uh, I went to college and just sort of was forced to do it under deadline. But mm -hmm. I, I always feel like I don't know what advice to give outside of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, I don't know what to tell anyone. And I, I can't, you, you, I can't, be like yeah i'll buy me a coffee and talk about it because i i'm sure yeah. i feel like i'm failing upwards but yeah 
Well, but I mean, I feel like that is a huge part of it. And it, Rob Williams, as he put it, you have to be prepared for luck. Yeah. It definitely takes a lot of work, a lot of sweat, but sometimes it, it hits for some people. It doesn't hit yeah. for other people. We, a lot we of networking. Little moments where we're just like, oh, why didn't, not even why didn't I get that, but kind of like, where's mine? Yeah. You know? I will say I never, I never had another comic or something. I was just like, oh, I wish I had that person's uh, life mm-hmm. or career because it's just like I would probably screw it up because it's not mine. You know, I don't know. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's just you, you. Your path is your path, really. So any advice in that function, it's almost not useless, but it's not about. It's not like how to be a plumbing engineer. Let's say, right. you know, where there are exact steps that hopefully will work. <laughs> Yeah. So, but I know we did get some calls. I don't know them. I haven't listened. I never do. Okay. Renee, our producer, listens. So it's just you and me going out there blind. Uh, only rules are we don't Google anything. So if someone has a technical question, sorry, you know, whatever. But just um, the way I like to give advice. Yes, correct, correct. So, are you ready for the first call? Let's go. Let's go. Hi, Matt. Hey, dummy. Okay. So here's my advice that I need. <laughs> I am thinking of moving out of my apartment. My roommate just dropped to me that she is moving out at the end of the month. And she has no place and she's leaving. And I was just going to renew my lease and then sublet for the fall from studying abroad. But now I'm like, well, should I even renew my lease? Or should I just find a place to live in January? Um. So, yeah. So, I'm really debating over this. So, if you have any advice, please let me know. Thank you. So she's wondering if she should renew her lease, but also is thinking about studying abroad. And her, well, she just kind of threw that out as like, should I do okay. that? Uh, I think, but like she basically said her roommate has said that they're moving out. Yeah. So, I mean, I think off the top of my head, it comes down to, can you cover both rooms? Yeah, Man. I would, I would just go. Yeah, uh, I always feel like it's also just nice to even if you're like just moving to a place, it's like sort of the same. It's always nice to laterally just have a sudden change of scenery or just like, a oh, this is a new a place that I get to be in. And yep. so I would I always defer to like if you if you have the chance to move, move. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's good to have a shake up. And I think that's yeah. the joy of, of renting is that you're you're not trapped. Right. You know, like I have a mortgage. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, but like, it's kind of though I could I could we could sell the house, but it's like, you know, it, with a rental, it's just if it's already coming up and you, she said January, that's a lot of time to look too. Yeah, that's I half think, a year. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like look and see if it makes sense, you know, because you might not get the same thing for the rate you're paying if you can cover it. But right. Same time. It's a yeah, it's a lot of time to look. So and it, you just threw the stuttering, setting a broad thing out. I think that's maybe kind of, <laughs> I feel like it's, it's, uh, this is a wild analogy, but, um, the, the, that's, there's that scene with the guy in the Fisher King. Are you familiar with the movie? I haven't seen it, but I know about it. There's a guy who is very dramatic. He's like a, an older gay man and he's, he keeps just trying to get run over by horses and carriages in the park and they see mm-hmm. going, he's going around him and he's just kind of doing this performative non-suicide suicide attempt yeah and then robin williams character is like a knight and so he's like you know like what why are you sad talk to me and he tries to save him and the guy's like well everything changed and my life fell apart and and i don't i'm not happy well that and all my friends died like he throws out the real reason at the very end where it's like you know the aids crisis he obviously lost all of his friends absolutely horrible but i loved that actor's choice to just take that line and throw it away you know, mm-hmm. I feel like this person is like, I don't know, should I just study abroad? It's like, yeah, that's what you want to do. Yeah. That's why you Does just that make us that. the radio shock jocks in the Fisher King. What's that? Is that, is it Robin Williams who was the radio shock jock in that movie? He, uh, yeah, because, Jeff? yes. And then he got, he got like that guy was like, I love you and shot everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So cool. that's, so we're the Robin Williams of this scenario. We are once he's he's been so traumatized he's no longer a shock jock and he doesn't remember that part of his life at all. Ah, okay. Yes, yes. He's a homeless I watch that man movie. who, who thinks he's he's Don Quixote. He he's a homeless man who thinks he's a knight. Yeah. So, yeah. I also think that like 
I mean, if you think about, I, I also think it's not their question, but go study abroad. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. I would anyway. love to. I, I can't. Yeah, you, you can. Know? I mean, I guess someday. I can. Matt, you should also go study abroad. <laughs> I take your take wife, take the baby. 11 month old kid and yeah. just go. go yeah. To yeah. They're going to love it. They get to eat paella and uh, Come on. other things, probably. Yeah, exactly. Various hams. Yes. Um. So yeah, that there you go, caller. We're shooting from the hip, but yeah, go study abroad and get the hell out of that apartment. So, <laughs> boom. Okay, caller number two. Hi, this is Grace Gordon. I have a question. Oh my God, the door just slammed. One second. Hi, <laughs> this is Grace Gordon. I have a question for Demi, who is coming on your show tomorrow. Um, I was wondering, because Demi has uh, gained a following for his letterbox reviews, but is definitely not a film critic, I was wondering how he handles writing reviews for films his friends make or are involved in, mm -hmm. since he also works in the entertainment industry. I always struggle with writing reviews for books or films or shows or really anything, because I have so many artist friends who make the things that I consume. I'm wondering what the hell the rules are and what uh, what is and is not okay to say and how you deal with the anxiety around that. Okay, thanks. Love you guys. Bye. That's my friend Grace who texted me and said that she asked a very sincere question and I was, uh, I expected it to be, I don't know, I expected it to be a lot more of a gotcha, <laughs> but I'm glad that it was that. Uh, yeah. Are you familiar with Letterboxd at all? Uh, it's some, but uh, reiterate, I've, I've only had it explained to me like once or twice. So it's basically a social media platform that's like a journal where everyone can log the movies that they've been watching and just be like, here's what I thought of this movie. Here's how many stars I give it and so on and so on. And like I, I use it a lot. It's pretty much the only place I fully exist on the Internet anymore. Okay. Uh, but it's also just like, I don't know, I've always just felt like it's the most fun place to be because I can just write anything about any movie or whatever uh -huh. uh, and it feels like it's not a huge deal but then of course that does become uh, uh so much more loaded when you work in this industry and you have to think like just have to do a sort of mental calculus of like well i probably shouldn't trash this movie that this person worked on or like oh i didn't like this but i really don't work with these people so i probably should just not say it and i think that I personally, uh, between that and just between weird strangers who uh, get very uh, overly familiar or just sort of like get mad at me for like not liking a movie or making a joke about it or whatever, I feel like I've just taken a very laissez-faire approach to it and gone like, I'm not giving you guys any star ratings on what I feel about these movies. And most of the time I'll just write like a one sentence joke. Uh, mm. which is sort of what I, I do when it's like, even with friends movies, unless it's like, I'll, I'll be like, I have something positive to say about it and then yeah. just disclose that my friend worked on it. But it's also just like, I don't know. I, I don't think of it as like, I'm writing very serious reviews for people. So I think it's fine for me to just be like, my friend wrote this and I really liked it. And that doesn't feel like me secretly going, oh, I actually didn't like it. Cause it's not right. true. I often do. Uh, but it is a tricky thing of being like, yeah, how do you how do you talk about something that your friend made in an honest way without being rude to the friend, but also without like just like sort of doting on it and being like, this is a perfect piece of media. And yeah, I mean, I think also uh, most people would I'd like to believe that most of my friends would appreciate an honest like not me saying it's shit or something, but just sort of like being like, I really liked this. Uh, mm -hmm. it was a, it's a first time or what? Like, I just, I, I think if I made a film and then people were like, I liked it, but I didn't love it. I would appreciate that so much more than I would just be like, it's perfect. My friend made it. Cause I'm like, that doesn't, that's not helpful. No. <laughs> but yeah. But it is, it, it is an interesting question to be like, how do you honestly review a friend's work? Because you, yeah. you are friends with them for a good reason, because they, mm -hmm they make your life better and you connect with this person on, on, on a lot of levels. And so you understand them and you understand why they would do certain things and certain choices. Whereas yeah, I just look at someone's painting and I don't like it. You know, I'm like, eh, but if it was my friend, I might be like, I see where, you know, whatever. It yeah. Is. Um, and it's tough because, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, 
what Ernest Hemingway would say, like, be merciless, you know, in your criticism and stuff. But like, at the same time, it's like, but why be a dick? Really? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I always felt like, you know, I, 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 even though it was kind of created by people I knew, funny or die always annoyed me because I was mm. like, I either click funny or I don't click because who the fuck am I? Oh yeah, you know? no, the the very concept of that, I'm like, it's like when people uh like vote, like downvote on a YouTube video. I'm like, what, right. what, who are you? You're putting in effort to be like, I need you to know that I didn't like this. It's like, just don't scroll by. It's like when people shit, some, shit talk something on Twitter, I'm just like, it's so easy to do nothing all the time. Just do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. It, it, you don't have to insert negativity. And in fact, you're not doing anything good for anyone, including yourself. No. So, but it's a, it's a tough, that's an interesting, I really like that, that question. It's a, it's a tough thing line to walk. I, so, I read something recently about just the concept of brutal honesty and how it's not needed. And it's just like, where's like your clever honesty, your compassionate honesty. Yeah. And I think it's that sort of sentiment of like, it's fine to just like say you didn't like a thing, but I think there's a way to do it that is tactful and not just sort of being like, this thing really fucking sucked. And even though it was my friend, it's like, because then it's like, what do you do? You just want like cool points from the public for, for from a bunch of people that like, well, they don't, they're not going to be like, whoa, this guy's really, he tells it like it is. It's like, I don't just say a thing that's nice. Like, yeah. I, I, like, I honestly don't think I've ever run into a scenario where I had to be, uh, had to be like critical of something publicly that a friend worked on. I think mm -hmm. it's very easy to just sort of be like, also, I think it's very easy to just sort of be like, this thing was not for me or even just saying oh. like, uh, I, I really appreciate the work that went into this uh, and like pointing out the things that you did like without having to sort of just be like, however, it's a piece of shit or whatever. It's just, it's so you don't like, I mean, I always just feel like you don't have to say anything at all. And just like people who like go out of their way to sort of like, just sort of give a negative take as if uh, being negative is sort of the, the highest uh, proof of like honesty or like sincerity in your thought it just feels sort of like, it's so easy to just like move on and just be like, I didn't like a thing. I'm just going to keep going. But I yeah. think doing it for a thing that your friend made is as simple as just sort of, I don't know, pointing out things that you liked or pointing out elements that you really enjoyed without pointing out the things that you didn't, especially on a platform like that, where it's not like you have to fill out a list of the things that you felt about every aspect or something. You can just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, you know, there's a reason when you are jokingly, especially like when, you know, when I was kind of, when I started as a stand-up in Chicago, you could have the best set ever and you get off stage and one of your closest friends would say the worst thing. Like, mm. not about your material, just about like, um, man, you ate it. Or that, you know, did you, you didn't like any of that, did you? Right? Oof. You know, because it's all, but it, but it's a, but we know, we both know it's a joke and we're laughing and it's fun. But the reason why it's funny is because it's so goddamn cruel. You know, there, yeah. Jeff, who was, uh, who sadly died during the, the lockdown, who was the pianist at the comedy store, I would come in and he would beeline to me and would just say, Well, oh, you're not going up, are you? No. And it would always make me laugh because it's just like, this never gets old. Don't ever stop saying this. This is yeah. so great. But the reason what's funny is because because it's mean, you know, and you know when you're being mean. And there are people that are just like, no, but it's it's art. I have to be mean. But they would never say mean. But it's like, yeah. no, you don't. There's so many ways to make things not hurtful by yeah. saying, here's what I didn't like about it, you know, or here's what I found confusing or whatever. Totally. And back to your point of 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 it, it's not for me. That I've said that about so many things in me. Yeah. And I think that people think it's like a, a kind, it's just sort of being like, oh, they want to say that it sucks. But I'm like, no, I honestly just, there are so many things where I'm like, it's not for me. I don't know. People talk about like the DC, like Batman and Superman movies. And I, I'll be like, it's not for me. And people are like, oh, you really fucking hate those. I'm like, no, I'm just like, those are massively popular. And I, I can't say it's a piece of shit because clearly people love them in some way. I'm truly telling you it is not for me because thematically they do things. I just, I'm like, I don't feel that way. So it's easier for me to be like, it's not for me than it is to say like his, his ideas are wrong and I don't agree. It's like, no, I don't, I don't like that because it's not when, made for me anyway. Yeah. Neither you nor I would ever be like, I really want to direct 
a $200 million superhero movie. Right. You're like, oh, I don't, I can't imagine the pressure. That's, it's so much work. It's also, so, I, yeah, it's just a lot. I'm like, this, anything on that scale, if it comes out at all, I'm just like, damn, you made a movie. That's awesome. <laughs> and it, it feels condescending to say that, but I'm always just, I don't know. I think about doing anything. I'm like, God, how do, like I think about writing a script. I'm like, Jesus, if you can write a script and it makes sense, you are a magician. Yeah. Oh, uh, without but, a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah. It also, I, oh, I was going to say something just now and then I forgot it. Anyway. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, think it's hard to do a thing and I mm-hmm. support anyone who does. Yes, absolutely and I support and it's and it's kudos to anyone who who is on a major major uh uh platform and is a chief critic or something yeah. because they probably have a lot of friends and then something comes across their desk and they're like, "Who oh boy." I think I, about that a lot because yeah. I want to make movies, but I also have friends that are like critics and I'm just sort of like would they be like, I can't talk about this because Interesting. I, yeah. I know this guy. But then I also I'm like, I would genuinely love an honest review of anything I did because it's yeah. like I always worry, like, I don't want people just being like, it's great. I'm like, I, I can't trust that. I want I want someone to tell me it's shit and I want to tell me to, or I want them to tell me why. But right. then it's also like, well, I don't want people to be mean just to be like, well, now I'm being honest. So it's just like no. just the balance of how do you get a real reaction without people yeah. being concerned about your feelings, but also being compassionate enough to not just say it actually fucking sucked or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's hard. It is hard. It is hard. But I mean, I think you think you nailed it. I think you answered the, the, the question. So thanks for calling in, Grace. You didn't Thank have to you, say Grace. your full name, but it's all good. You know, <laughs> you know it, I will say some people are like, oh, I shouldn't say my name. But it's like, if you're just saying something like, oh, I, I'm drinking too much or I'm you know, I, I'm well, maybe not that, but like, oh, I, I hate my apartment or something yeah. like that. It's like, that's fine, but I guess it's up it's to really them. Yeah. Choice. But we typically blur out people's name, you know, like bleep them. But like, yeah, in Grace's uh, case, no, because I feel like if they say their own name, it's like they probably just like, I don't care if you. Yeah. More to the point. Exactly. OK, thanks. Thanks a lot, Grace. Uh, let's hear the third call. Hi, Matt and Demi. This is Sophie calling from Portland, Oregon. Um, I need advice on how to stay, how to keep my energy up during a 12-hour shift. Um, I'm in nursing school, and, you know, 12 hours is a long time for me to be, like, running around that whole time. And I'm just curious, how would you not be totally dead on your feet at the end of that day? So help me out. Thanks so much. That is a hard question as someone who can be dead after like two hours of doing anything. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of the ways that I like the things that give me energy. And it's like, sometimes it is just being around certain people, but sometimes it's just having like a, a quick moment to get away from people and just like do something that feels like it, it makes me excited to like just having something to look forward to. Yeah. Like if you're someone who reads books a lot, just being like, if I just start a book now and then like, as you're working, you're like, Oh, I'm just excited to get back to that book. But yeah. then it, it might be a thing where like, you're getting tired. It's like, I just want to sit down and read. And I think, I think maybe that's not the best thing. So. No, but know. even if you're just like, I'm going to read three pages, I'm going to go in this broom closet with a flashlight and read three pages of this book. And then I'm going to dip out. No one knows. I mean, I think that's, it really is decompression. It really is the yeah. moment where I found that I, I get a lot of tension in my back when I, I don't like stretch out enough, like my legs, especially, you know, being tall. And I, when I was a waiter, it was like, I would just go around the back of the building and do some leg stretches and then go back in and be like, oh, okay, like feel a little more blood flow. Yeah. Because the thing I found with, 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 you know, being a server, being anything like that, a nurse, the thing that won't exhaust you as much as, and I was carrying plates and stuff, but the thing that exhausts you is the attention where you're paying attention to five different tables at once. Yeah. Or if you're a bartender, a whole bar at once, or if you're a nurse, a whole wing at once with other nurses. And it's like, yeah. so you have to, you have to find the, the ways to let the tension out of your brain a little bit. And I, I have that where I get, um, uh, like anxiety and I have trouble sleeping. 
And so one thing I do, I think I've talked about this in a show, is I <laughs> like I'll think a positive thing and breathe that in, and think of a negative thing and breathe that out. Mm. I'm not dexterous enough to do it every single breath, but it does. It just just thinking it makes it kind of like it eases the tension a little bit. Yeah. And it's kind of like, um, you know, you say like looking forward to something. Like she's walking in the hallway and she's just like just like. Italian, Italian sub sandwich, you know, like whatever she's looking forward to later. I know? thought you were saying that it was it was going to be like positive and negative qualities, but you're just like it's literally just things that you like. No, no, no. It is when I'm in, at late at night. I'll oh, think, okay, I was like, I'll think of relaxation and I'll breathe out stress. You know, things. Okay, like, I was like, you're going like. to bed just being like, sandwiches, bad sandwiches, <laughs> bad sandwiches. Yeah, you know, uh, or or you know, breathe out the name of that nurse that drives you nuts, you know, or whatever, you know. I also, yeah, I wonder if it's also like, I don't know, like finding a thing that compels you in a way that might not necessarily be, like some people are just very competitive and it's like maybe you are a person who can thrive if they are like making little mini competitions with people or just being like, oh, I'm going to get this many of this thing in a day and just having a very playful competition. That's not like life threatening, but just sort of like a thing that makes you like more excited to keep going. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's so hard because it's such a long shift. It's such a tough time. And it's, I, I find I get like a, a lot of people work in the medical profession. They listen, they listen to a lot of, the things, you know, when they're not around people, yeah. like they're doing something like put, putting, restocking, you know, a stock room or something like that. Like, let me listen to so, something, you know, like the Jerky Boys or something, yeah. or something just that's just mindless or some classical music or whatever you like, that's, but not something that's like, this is going to rile me up, you know? Yeah. Like, I found it was, I, I, when I was, I became a full time dad when my daughter was born because my wife was still working and you know all my dates got shotgun they're all you know they all got moved or taken away and so i was like okay this is my job now and one mistake i made is i would just listen to npr all day mm. and it's like it is my favorite news source but not only do they replay a lot of the same stories but a lot of them are just like I am so depressed right now. Yeah, you're going to feel really bad. And then you're yeah. like, okay, time to take care of this baby I brought into this world. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, not to be like, oh, listen to stand-up comedy from a stand-up comic, but just like something fun. Yeah, you know? and it, there is something cathartic about that. I, uh, I When I was doing my podcasts, there was a lot of times people would reach out and just be like, this is very helpful to me as someone who like doesn't want to think about the state of the world or like just needs an escape. And it, it like as much as sometimes you just like, I don't know if I want if I'm that person or like I want to be that it's like people need that and they yeah. like they do appreciate things that are just sort of ephemeral and just sort of like focused on being entertaining so I, yeah yeah there, there is a podcast that Christian Duguay you know Christian I don't think I do okay he he's really funny and he's also he's also very talented musically but he has this podcast called Valley Heat that's basically a fake podcast about a guy named Doug who lives in the equestrian district of Burbank and he he has he records conversations with his neighbors and I'm a voice on it other people uh, let's see Billy Wing uh, Davis uh, Beth Stelling Chris, uh, Chris Garcia mm. and he's just always running afoul of them but he's a very normal guy but he just keeps he like keeps it but he also will get focused on a type of music and why he doesn't like it or why he finds it annoying, but he's just talking like a normal guy. And he, me and my friend Eric, who's out here for the summer too, we were talking yesterday and we were just fanboying over this part where his the, his pool man is Billy Wayne uh, Davis, who keeps, like he keeps saying the pool needs fixing, but he's just swimming in the guy's pool. <laughs> and he, he keeps playing the band Boston, you know? Yeah. And this guy's like, He's like, have you ever listened to this stuff? I mean, it, all, all their songs sound the same. And and he's listening to Boston and the, the guitar harmonics and everything. Yeah. And he's like, I mean, how many guitars is that? And like, I remember <laughs> laughing so hard. He's like, how many guitars do you need in a song? This is insane. How many? And he, he's taking bits of the song. And, and let me just play this for you. Let me play this part. Just listen to this. And he's playing it. And the guy's like, rock and roll, man. And he's like, yeah. I mean, it's great. You're a rock and roll band. Who cares? Come on. A lot of rock and roll band. But it's, <laughs> it's so inane and he makes he makes uh fake 
ads for fake businesses in Burbank, mm. like a, like a used foosball oh, table I love that. store, and like the song is. This song about frisbee golf sounds like something out of like Rocky or Karate Kid or something. It's just so like hardcore and so inspirational. And I remember driving on the freeway and laughing so hard I'm like wiping tears. And it kind of made me realize I was like, oh, I've been so stressed out that over everything, you know, yeah. with being a new father and everything we've all been through and the state of the world right now. It's like I needed something just silly like mm -hmm. this, you know, like you yeah. know? so. That's a recommendation, but also just something that you're just like, ah, oh, you know what I love? You know, like Kyle Kinane and I used to pull up. There's a video that someone made of this preacher who just, you know, total uh, 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 scammer. The number's mm -hmm. always on the screen and, you know, uh, silver hair and please give to Jesus. But it all goes to him. Yeah. And uh, Keegan-Michael Key actually said his mom like was really into him and like, he would she would send him money like every week and he'd just mm. like stop you know but there's a he will he will be like jesus christ he'll just do that and someone <laughs> did a super cut and put farts in every time he does that and <laughs> kyle and i have watched it probably a hundred times because it's just that thing it's not even a palate cleanser it's just like this is so stupid yeah and it makes some people mad they're like you think this is comedy i'm like it is like I'm laughing so hard at this. Like it's so just find your thing like that. That might yeah. not be yours, but find a thing. Everyone has a different little like motivating joy that sort of like cleanses them and de-anxies, de-anxietizes de them. Yes. Whatever the word is. That's yeah. Close. yeah. So okay. Hope that helps. And hang in there. 12 hours is a long time, but thank you for doing what you're doing. My thank God. you, Sophie. Um, yes. Okay. So we got one more caller. You've been great. You ready for the last one? Let's go. Okay. Caller number four. Hey, Bronger. Hey, Demi. My name's Shane. I just recently moved to the Phoenix area. Uh, I'm also 27 years old. And the main question I have is, how exactly do I go about making new friends in a new city? Uh, not only in a new mm -hmm. city, but uh, halfway across the country, or entirely across the country from where I am originally from. So how do I go about making friends? Um, I enjoy stand-up comedy, and I know there's some stand-up comedy around here in, in, in the Valley, um, and there's also music and stuff. So um, post-pandemic, I got some tickets to a couple shows that are coming to the area in the next couple months. So I'm super excited for that, but, you know, I know I can meet people there at these events with who have similar uh, likes as, as, and interests as me, but, uh, you know, how exactly, again, do I go ahead to go about making some new friends, and uh, do you guys have any... Do either of you have any specific memories of of being in the Phoenix area, or, or any any shout outs or recommendations to uh, to help me out as I as I start my new adventure here? So, thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Uh, big fan of both you guys, and thanks so much. I I think as an adult, making new friends always feels like the hardest thing to me. Just like from an advice standpoint too, because it's just sort of like. I don't know. You just sort of work together or you just yeah. have the same, in, you're in the same club of some sort. And I'm just like, I, I think that there are some people who are just so much more extroverted than me that can just make friends anywhere they go. Sure. And I think it is just a matter of like talking to people and like finding that common ground, but also just like having the sort of like boundary uh, exploration and just sort of like just figuring, just basically talking to people in a way that you can, suss out if they want to be friends in a way that you yeah. you can't as easily if you are someone who's like anxious or just like not good at reading boundaries but i i think that it also yeah it helps to like join clubs of some sort or like go to things where you uh are gonna meet people who are a lot like you or have the same interests i i've made friends through like a karaoke night at a local bar just because mm -hmm. it's like i see these people here all the time yeah. And so it's like, yeah, let's just talk. And then we'll be like, oh, I love that song. And just like see each other every time at the same uh, bar. And it's just yeah. it's just like a sort of thing that happens naturally by a matter of, uh, you know, just rhythm in or routine in your life. And I, I think it's hard to make friends when you don't have that in some way. A, because a lot of people just be like, well, are you trying to hit on me if you're just talking <laughs> to me this one time? But also it's just like, I don't know, if you're just at a place and someone's like, 
just starts talking to you and then you're just like what why are you what do you yeah. want from me what do you uh, want yeah i i'm always just like i don't know how to do that <laughs> yeah i mean you don't want the i, I remember a, a a friend was in new york you know got 15 20 years ago and he was like just kind of like between going to a bar with two from one bar to another mm-hmm. and he went and it was like there's like free scientology movie you know, like short film or whatever and he's like all right and he went in no one in there but him and then a guy comes and sits five rows back and then it's over and after the thing the guy walked over to him was like i just walked in off the street makes a lot of sense it's like fuck off like you're not (laughs) you think you think that's what it you you will look like yeah it it does feel weird when someone just starts talking to you i it and i was going to say it's harder than dating it's i think so yeah it, it, it it there's something you know, it's tough because I, the only person I've ever broke up with as a friend, uh, he actually, he recently, he died. Mm. And it was this thing where I just, I learned certain things about him and things he was doing that I was like, look, man, you know, I can't even, I didn't even want to tell him what they were, you know, nothing criminal, but just well, some of it was kind of, I won't get into it, but it's just like enough of a, a line crossing that you're like, I don't want yeah, this person in my I've life. Never, anymore. Because we were so tight for so long. I just sent him an email and was like, look, man. And he was like, why don't you call me? Talk to me. What is this? You know? And it was just like, no, and there, he had issues, but yeah. a lot of the people were making, you know, um, uh, tributes to him and stuff. And like, and like, I was like, I can't. And I thought about it long and hard, you know, yeah. but I will say it was that was harder than any breakup and I've never had a good breakup you know like they're I, never easy and friend but, breakups are it's, it's yeah you just walk you, away you walk away from friendships yeah usually. you know what I mean they just dissipate you don't go yes. hey we're not friends <laughs> and like breakups can end and you still be like hey but we're on good terms and it's like a friendship breakup is just saying personally like I actually we like we got to be lower than this i can't do this anymore yeah and it's always so much harder because uh, a relationship can end for so many different reasons of just being like we're not compatible a friendship if it's not compatible and it's it's on a fundamental level saying like it is your personality it does not go well with me and it's just yeah. so much more crushing yes, to admit that exactly so, so like that said it's harder to make a real friend you know yeah. i think i think the the caller you should first focus on making friendly acquaintances um, and then friendships will develop. Yeah. You're, you're not going to meet someone and go, Hey, we're friends now. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's what Demi says, but it's finding, finding the right club, the right group, go yeah. online, look around. It's um, also, I think it's also helpful to just sort of like start from the connections that you do have in the city. So if it's like you're moving, did they say why they were moving? No, they just said they were they 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 moved there. If it's for like work or because of a relationship or something, it's like meet the like meet the people who are in that immediate circle of like, oh, this is my partner's uh, friends, or oh, this is these are people I work with, and like you can expand from there. Or it's like hang out with those people and meet the people they know, and just like sort of, yeah, yeah that's always a, a thing that I I really enjoy, just like becoming friends with my friends' friends until it's just yeah. like, well, they're just my friend. And then you can meet their friends and just like, just going past that circle until you just meet strange people that you're like, I don't have any connection to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. And I think, I think most people take kindly to someone who's like, not, I'm new in town. I don't know anyone to help me, yeah. but you know, oh, I just moved here from so-and-so. Oh, I've been there. Cool. And it, yeah. that's a nice breaker right there. You know, uh, to, I mean, to someone you work with, let's say. Right, yeah. So it's just, it's always interesting to meet someone new from somewhere else. And also, it's like, depending on the interests you have, there might be like places online where you can just sort of go like, I live in this area and would love to hang out with someone who likes this thing. Or like, I'm going to this show. Does anyone want to hang out at the show or whatever? But that's also, mm-hmm. a, it's like, if you are a certain kind of person who can do that, because I feel like I am just so socially anxious that I'm just like, I don't want to meet a new person, period. But uh, but especially in that way, but a, a lot of people do. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of just personality things of like, what is the way that you make friends and what are you comfortable with? Yeah, and, and, and give yourself some time and some space because it's very, very, very hard and it's kind of got to come naturally. And that's how real friendships are born. 
because a huge part of it is trust. And right now, for good or bad, you're a stranger. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, you're on your own. Take it easy. Don't be too hard on yourself when you're, you know, coming home alone and friendless. <laughs> initially. Right. So just, just give yourself some time. I mean, I think these things, they have to come about organically. They have to. Totally. So, all right. Hope that helps. Um, Demi, you've been great. What do you have to plug? Um, uh, watch the Ember Ruffin show. And uh, that's really it. Okay. Yeah. Great. No, I mean, it's an awesome show. So right on. Thank you. Good work. Good work. Thank you for um, having me. What's that? Thank you for having me. I always oh, yeah, feel so weird giving people advice, but I don't, this was nice. Always, that's the thing. It always feels weird. Yeah. There's no one on here who's like, you know what? I got it. You know? <laughs> um, actually, I should say no. Like I've had, I've had some young musicians on who kind of were just unabashed about it, which I was like, awesome. This is new. Yeah. You know, I always had like, you know, comedians or, you know, or just like, hey, I don't know who I'm, why I'm talking, but you know. That's the kind of confidence that allows them to be musicians, though. I'm like, I, I couldn't know. Yeah. So true. Uh, but, uh, and I, I do want to say I'm sorry for for thinking. I looked at an old DM of yours that was like, I can't do it today. Because oh. I'm in I'm in Cape Cod with the family. Yeah. I literally left them on the beach. And I got this text <laughs> that was like, hey, it's starting to rain. So don't just head back. You might have to get the car and pick us up. Like, all right. But oh, like... God. I, I walked back with the little dragging baby trolley with the baby in it through like dirt roads and stuff to get back yeah. to this house we rented. Oh, wow. And so it was nice and calming to talk to you because Rose just kept standing up and like mm. looking off the side. I'm like, fucking stop. You know, like, <laughs> I must look crazy to people because I kept laying her down and she would like fuss and get back just up. Just like, I'm exploring this new place we're in. Let me look around. If you fall out of this thing onto a gravel road, like, I, your mother is going to murder me. And Babies then, are so stressful to me because they're like the most fragile things on earth, but also the most curious. So they're always yeah. just sort of like, what is this thing? You're like, that's danger. I don't know how to tell you what this is, but just, just stop it. I mean, I'm just lucky I have my wife and I have my in-laws because they are great at taking care of kids, but they also are just like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And it's like, I'm better at that now, but for a while, if you're just Johnny on the spot where you're just like, oh, fuck, 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 you know? Yeah. But it's every anyway. baby is constantly in a Mr. Magoo scenario. <laughs> Completely. But they can see it. It makes no sense. Yeah. They just don't know what it is. Yeah. They just don't know. But anyway, dude, thank you so much for coming on here. And thank you for um, having me. Enjoy the rest of your, are you on a break now? I am. Okay. All right. Enjoy the rest of your break. I think last time I saw you in person, you had an ice cream. So go get an that ice sounds cream. right. And I owe you an ice cream. Okay. Today. So <laughs> we'll, we'll go get ice cream. Let's but, do it. All right. Thanks, dude. Catch you later. Good times. Check out Demi. If you haven't uh, uh, watched any of his videos, Google his name. Google his name and watch his stuff because it's incredible. And if you'd like some advice from non-professionals, taking it easy, but trying to help, call 323-763-0228. Again, that's 323-763-0228. And thanks. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me, Matt Bronger. Produced by Outer Circle Media. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.